Now, praise the Lord. This is uh, Brother Julius Adiwumi, and uh, today I'm actually continuing the teaching, Bible teaching, in the book of Gospel of John. It's what I'm going through this time, Gospel of John, and I've already reached chapter 5. So we are going now to chapter 6, and I pray that the Lord will give you understanding to comprehend this uh, gospel of john it is uh, very deep especially chapter six like i said in the beginning of the series apostle john lived longer than all the apostles and according to the book of Eusebius that we that was written in the first century i believe and he highlighted that apostle john after he was released from the island of patmos he lived among them for a long time before he was passed away according to the book of Eusebius and in this uh, in, in during that time more very likely he has read the gospel that was written by Matthew Mark and Luke so he realized that a lot of things were missing so he penned his own uh, gospel of John and you can see all the, the all the details in the gospel of John that Apostle John put down they were missing in in the gospel of uh, matthew mark and luke most likely they were not there so apostle john could could tell us more so let's go on in chapter six now where we started today i go but i just read and then stop and explain further so it will be enlightening to me myself also because the lord give more insight as we do this bible teaching amen so Father, lead us in this. Amen. Chapter 6 of Gospel of John. After these days, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Let me just make sure this thing is on. Good, it's on. The Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were deceased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now, this uh, this story here, you will see this story also in the in the book of Luke, chapter nine, and also Matthew recorded this uh, particular feeding of five thousand that we are going to read in this story. They all recorded that, but uh, Luke, uh, John, perhaps will give us some more. Some additional insight in what happened during this time, which the others they just told us the story of the make of the bread, but they didn't tell some other details. You know, it's just like normal. If you are in a crowd and everybody, so many people were eyewitness in that crowd and things were happening, you may be seeing what is happening on this side, and other people are seeing what's happening on that side, and other people are happening what's happening on that side because it's a mob. So that is what you are going to see in the story that Apostle John reported here about the feeding of 5,000. Okay, and he went further, he said, 
Jesus went, verse 3, verse, Jesus went up into a mountain and there he sat with his disciples. Verse 4, said, and the Passover, a feast of the Jews was nine. Jesus, when, de, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now, look at that first presentation that Apostle John said. Apostle John said it was the Lord Jesus Christ that initiated this breaking of bread for thousands. For five thousand, he said Jesus Christ was one that saw the people crowd coming to him and said unto Philip, when, when shall we buy bread that these may eat? And he said, and this is said to prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. Now that was how Apostle John reported it. And we can we are going to go back to Luke chapter 9 and see the same miracle and how they reported it. Because that is what I'm trying to say. That's, let's first look at Matthew chapter. Well, let's look at Luke chapter 9 and see how Luke reported this miracle of uh, who initiated the breaking of bread. Because in another place he said the Lord Jesus Christ, the, the people were there and then they said uh, they came and said send them away and so on. Now, Luke chapter nine from verse ten. This is how Luke heard about it because Luke may not be there because Luke joined them later. But he, they were telling the stories after Christ resurrected and on the and the church was founded. So the apostles were telling the stories. So when they were telling the stories, depending on who was telling the stories, if uh, Philip was telling the story, if uh, Peter was telling the story or something, it depends on which, who was telling the story that uh, Luke remembered the story and was now rewriting uh, it down. Here is how Luke wrote it in, in Luke chapter 9, from verse, verse 12. Let me start from verse 12. It says, when the day began to wear away, which means they were gathered, the apostles, verse 10, say, and the apostles, when they were returned, told him about all and the, all that they had done. That Christ sent the apostles away to go and preach. Okay, and he took them after they have came come back. Say, he took them and went outside privately into a desert place belonging to a city called Bethsaida. And the people, when they knew it, followed him. And he received them, spoke unto them of the kingdom of God, and healed them that had need of healing. And then you go to verse 12 say, And when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and country round about and lodge and get victuals, for we are here in a desert place. But he said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they said, Well, we have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except ye we should go and buy meat for all these people. For they were about five thousand men. And said unto his disciples, make them sit down by fifties in a company. So that was how Luke reported that it was the apostles that came and said, send the people away. It's getting dark here and um, they have nothing to eat so that they can go and get themselves food. And, and he said, Jesus Christ said, give them, give you them to eat. So that was how it was reported by Luke. And uh, without going any further into that uh, narration of Luke, let's just come, come back to what Apostle John wrote. Apostle John said, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes at chapter 6 verse 5, when he lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, which is what they also said there, they followed coming to him, okay? Even before they sat down and started teaching and talking, that's what Apostle John said. You know, Apostle John was always close to, you know, Jesus Christ, he said, the disciple that 
laying on the Lord's bed, on the Lord, on the Lord Jesus Christ's breast. So being a younger person among the uh, among the apostles, he was close to the Lord. So he could see what was what was said before even the apostles finally came and said, "Let's do this." Okay. So the apostle John said, "When Jesus then lifted up his eyes at chapter six, verse five, and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that this may eat?'" And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. So you see, his apostle John said it was the logical that initiated that conversation. Well, we can, if we have to join the two together, we are going to say, well, maybe after this, after he has said that to Philip, and the, Philip was, this is what answered Philip. Said, Philip answered him and said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. Then one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here which has five barley loaves, five barley loaves, and two small fishes but what what are they among so many then jesus said make the men sit down so that was how john reported it that the lord jesus christ was the one that initiated the conversation we are looked at where the apostles came to him and said oh send the people away so the same people away could have been introduced in a in that type of discussion send them away let them go buy their own food which perhaps is what caught the attention of whoever was recording and say oh they actually wanted the people to be sent away but jesus christ said make the men sit down now there was much grass in the place so the men sat down in number about five thousand so the same five thousand that was reported in luke but let me say that jesus took the loaves the loaves and when he had given thanks he distributed it to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes as much as they would that was the multiplication of bread. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Now let's first talk about that gather, gather up the fragments. You want to take a note of that. The Lord never wastes anything. Otherwise, people, if you are wasting food, you are not doing it the way the Lord wants you to do it. When there is abundance, God does not waste it. He makes you store it up for the for the future for the rainy day sometimes god will give us abundance even in blessing abundance in for financial blessing don't waste it because you have to, a promotion don't waste it because you have a a bonus or a or you know, somebody somebody they give you an increase a raise in your job and that's not the time to go and shop around and buy all the all these things that are in the stores save something that's the wisdom god has been passing down to many of us save something for the rainy day because when god gives you abundance like in the days of egypt uh joseph in egypt told them that there is coming seven years of plenty and when people have plenty the tendency of humanity is to waste it because they don't know how to store it up if your farm is full of if you plant something and there's just abundance just coming abundance just coming if you don't gather them and store it up you will be seeing that where well, you, you eat some of it you throw the rest away and that is mismanagement god never mismanaged anything everything you see when he play, created this planet gold has been in this on the ground he put the gold there he put all this uh, all the silver they are all in the, under the ground there not wasted they just look my buried there for humanity to discover them 
and that is exactly what the lord is teaching us also that everything is not is to be accounted for so the lord just gave us the sample after the field of you can say wow they just throw all this one into the trash he didn't throw them into the trash into the garbage so gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost Verse 13, therefore they gather them together and fill twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remain over and above unto them that are eaten. So, what are we saying? We are saying learn wisdom from what Jesus Christ just did there for for after he multiplied the bread, he told the apostles and disciples to gather up the fragments, nothing be lost. We must not be wasteful. We must manage our resources properly. Anything God put in your hand, you are you are in charge of it. You are responsible for it. He wants us to manage it. So another thing we are learning here. And they gather twelve baskets. So it's not just to, for them to know how much was uh, was the abundance, but for them to use it again, because they themselves apostles are going to need food also. After that, so you see when you feed yourself today, what about in about five hours? I go to need food again also. Even if your belly is so full, well, about in about 20, 10 hours, you're going to need another food, no, so, so that you don't have to go again and be buying and looking for food. Why don't you just throw some away just uh, 10 hours ago, no, so you can eat those again. You say, well, if I, I go to repeat what you're just eating, you're going to be eating the same thing. We eat the same thing all the time. We eat the same thing all the time. Can you say, well, I ate rice last week. I'm not going to eat rice anymore for the next uh, one year. No, you eat rice again. Sometimes once a week, once a week sometimes people eat rice almost once every two, two days. I want something more, of course. So that is what we are trying to what the Lord is saying is that gather up the fragment that remain that nothing be lost. Let me not push that too much. It's, it's just wisdom. <laughs> Verse 14. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth. That prophet that should come into the world. Now, that is where the drama started. Apostle John wanted to tell us what followed this drama. He said the other didn't talk about what is going on in, in that Apostle John was recording it. They just said they did that. Let's see what, what Luke said again in chapter 9. I'm comparing this, how Luke reported it and how Apostle John put in the the detail that they missed or some of the others didn't know about because they were not there in Luke chapter 9 that I just read before he said after they have eaten and he said make them sit down by 50 chapter 9 of Luke verse 13 and the, this were made make them all sit down then he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up he blessed them and break and gave to the disciples and they did all eat and were all filled and he gathered the twelve baskets that are remained. That's all. The, that's all they just said. They didn't say any more about, about the badout. Then he went. And Luke then went to something else. So, where, but this is the continuation of that breaking of bread is what Apostle John was going to tell us in this chapter, verse fifteen of Gospel of John, chapter six. Verse fifteen, because these people after they ate this bread. Verse 14 said, this, then those men, see, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. What prophet are you talking about? They were, many of these people were, because we say they were Jews, so many of them have heard all these rabbis talking about 
Moses told them that a prophet will come like unto me. They should listen to that prophet. So they were thinking, who is that? That was a prophet different from Messiah? Or is he different from this? So there are so many references to some God. God is going to send you Elijah the prophet. No, so that's another reference that another prophet told them. So before this time of Christ. So over the centuries, they have passed that around and say, God is going to send a prophet. So that was why in the in the gospel when the when the people went and when the priests sent some Levites and priests to go and ask John the Baptist, they were asking him three things. Say, are you the Christ? He said, I'm not. They said, Are you Elias? Elijah? He said, I'm not. They said, Are you that prophet? So that's that prophet they are talking about. They say, Moses talk about another prophet. Not this common prophet like Samuel, so they never think that was what Moses was referring to because there are small, small prophets that came after Moses, also all through the days of uh, King David. Even he has a prophet called uh, Gag, yeah, and so, so those are the call those small, small prophets that far as they are concerned. The God Moses was referring to the Lord will raise up a prophet from among you, like unto me. So they were thinking it's going to be a great one like Moses. So that was the one they were saying, that must be a prophet that will be unique. So that was what they were asking John the Baptist, are you that prophet that Moses mentioned? John the Baptist said, I'm not. Are you Elias then? Because Elias was to come before the Christ. He said, I'm not. Are you the Christ? He said, I'm not. Then who are you? So he told them, I am just the voice speaking, crying in the wilderness. As I, I said, the prophet prophesied. They knew I said I was a prophet also. So that was how the, the story went. Now let's see. What happened when these people thought this must be the prophet? So what are they going to do now if they think this is the prophet that Moses was talking about? But verse 15 is where the drama continues. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. Now this is an observation that Apostle John uniquely, uniquely recorded that the crowd, the mob are now around, are around and they are talking among themselves this is the prophet, this is the prophet this is the prophet and see, Jesus Christ could hear all their, all their saying and they would have been rabble-roused and say we need to declare him as king You know, they are thinking of the king that they are waiting for the son of David who is going to take over who is going to drive away the the Roman Empire so they were waiting for that in that generation so they were thinking this must be the prophet that he could multiply bread for 5,000, they recognized that was a miracle. So they said, well, let's make him king. I'm going to do it. So they are already planning what they're going to do among themselves like a mob. So Christ saw that what's going on. It's not going, it's, he just withdrew himself and went to the mountain and told the apostles, when you gather everything, just leave. Uh, I will meet you guys on the other side. So that was the story. Now let's see how it continued because the mob never gave up until they tried to accomplish what they wanted to accomplish. But say it didn't go that way. Let's see how the Lord Jesus Christ handled it. The Lord Jesus Christ just departed again to a mountain himself alone. So they saw him going to the mountain, going to the mountain, and the apostles were still here, still packing up. Verse 16. And when even was now come, his disciples went down onto the sea. See, they already got the instruction. Just back and go to the go back to Galilee. I'll meet you on the other side. Verse 17. And so the disciples went down to the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. 
as Galilee. Verse, and it was now dark, and Jesus was not come to them. Verse 18, and the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. I'm going to set up my timer in a moment. Now this second part of it where they saw Jesus Christ walking upon the sea towards them was recorded in other places and I'm going to compare that what Apostle John recorded here about the Lord Jesus walking upon the sea to come and meet them and what the other disciples mentioned because there is a variation it was in this story that he came to meet them and Apostle John didn't mention that uh, Peter asked him to come, can I come to on the water? Apostle John didn't mention that he was only concentrated on the Lord Jesus Christ. But it was this same story that Adam, Adam Matthew or Luke reported that Peter, I think it was Matthew, reported that Peter said, if it's you, Master, can tell me to come on the water. That Apostle Peter walked on the water and then was drowning and Christ got him. Okay, so it was the same story, but see, somebody, some people will just refer to write some section of it and they write the other part. So, but Apostle John notably mentioned that Jesus Christ, and Apostle John also noted something in this story that they all missed. See, that's what I'm trying to say. Even if eyewitnesses, we see this, and now we see that. That is what we are seeing in this story. But they are all telling the same thing. The most important thing is that Jesus Christ break bread and feed 5,000, and then miracles happen after that. Walk upon the sea. Now, this is what the Apostle John continued to record, record for us. He said, The sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew, so that the ship that they were in couldn't get to Capernaum fast enough. The wind was contrary. So, was verse 19. So, when they had rowed about five and twenty, that is twenty-five or thirty furlongs, they see Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he said unto them, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him into the ship. You see, that was all Apostle John said. He didn't tell the drama of Peter saying, Master, if it be thou, tell him to come. And Jesus Christ said, Come. That was, it was recorded somewhere else. And which we can refer to, but I'm just quoting to you. I think it's in Matthew. But now, this is what Apostle John also noted in this story. In verse 21, look at that. Then they willingly received him into the ship. Now look at the next one. And immediately the ship was at the land whither they went. Where was the wind that was blowing? The wind just vanished. And the wind almost like a catapulted or translated everybody, including the ship, from where they were all struggling with the wind. Suddenly they found themselves they were at the at the shore. And Apostle John noted that. What wait a minute. Say. I thought we still have about uh, so many miles to go. We are already here. He noted it and he wrote it. But maybe the others, they were too concerned about Peter walk upon the sea. They, forgot, they didn't notice that. No, that is excitement can make people notice this. We are also excited. Oh, bread. Oh, we eat bread. Oh, Peter, you walk upon the sea. Before they know it, they are already there. They forgot about the walking upon the, upon the sea of the Lord's They are walking up, talking about it. They are always excited about Peter walk upon the sea for a few minutes. For, 
But Apostle John noted that we already had sure. He was the only one that noted it. So that what I'm saying is that there are many things that are happening, miracles and miracles and miracles, that you may miss one and only catch one. Another example of, of somebody catching this and the other didn't notice it was in Matthew chapter 21 when, when the Bible said the Lord Jesus Christ went to the rode a donkey to the temple in the last time that he went to, to the temple. And in Matthew chapter 21 when he rode that donkey to the temple and the people were healing him, saying, Blessed is he that coming in the name of the Lord, you know that uh, something happened in that on that day that many of the others did not notice but apostle matthew noticed it and he recorded it in matthew chapter let me see chapter 21 chapter 21 this is when jesus christ rode into the temple the triumphant entry they call it now look at verse 12 to verse 14 that verse 14 is where i'm going to capitalize on now this is when the uh, it was in the temple jesus went to the temple and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold us and said unto them it is written my house shall be called the house of prayer but ye, ye have made it a den of this and what was the next verse and the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them you only see that reference in this matthew chapter 21 verse 14. only matthew recorded it the others those who didn't notice what happened but that was an ordinance and i've preached about that the blind and the lame came into the temple to meet the logical and he healed them because there was an ordinance that said if you are the great king you must be able to take away the blind and the lame and the jebusites were the one god used to prophesy that to king david in the days of the king david when he wanted to go and overthrow jerusalem and they sent him a message on oracle that said you can't come in here unless you can take away the blind and the lame but david got the message that this is decree from god and he didn't overthrow the jebusite in, in jerusalem so he just took zion which was a, a journey city but see that was a, an ordinance and what they meant was that any the king that is going to be king of israel from jerusalem must be able to take away the blind and the lame so he's not going to just be a king he has to be a prophet so it's a triple crown i preach that in many of my sermons he has, he has to be a triple crown minister king priest and prophet that's triple crown the lord jesus christ came into the temple into the city on that day riding a donkey and they were healing him our king our king so he came in as a king on that day but everybody have been calling him prophet, the prophet from Galilee, prophet of Galilee. So he was preaching about as a prophet, teaching as a prophet. But when he rode in, that's the only time he rode in. He said, "The king comes unto thee, lowly riding upon a coat, the full of an of an ass." That was when he rode in, and it was only one time shot that he rode in as a king. And the people were hailing him, king, the king, king. You see, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. You see. But then he did something that a king was not allowed to do. He started taking care of the temple. That temple belonged to the priests. That was what happened in the days of Usa. Who wanted to begin to offer incense and he, they confronted him that no, it is not for you to be offering incense. This is for the priests that are consecrated. So for the Lord to go into the temple and started taking control of the temple, 
you make yourself a priest. And that's why the spiritual world now opens and says, well, is this the great king we are waiting for? He was a prophet, all right? You could see him preaching about. Now he's riding as a king, and they are hailing him as king, riding upon the donkey. Well, if he is a great king, he has to be a priest also. Now he's doing the work of a priest, sending people out of the temple and telling them not to do this in the temple. He's taking charge of the temple. That's the work of a priest. So, well, let's see what is the priest. The triple crown ministry. Let's send the blind and the lame to him. The blind and the lame must go and be, he must take care of the blind and the lame. That was the ordinance that was written by the, that was spoken through the mouth of the Jebusites in the days of King David. That was why only Matthew, Holy Ghost make Matthew put this one down here. Because he must have noticed it. Why did he say the blind and the lame? He said the, 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 the sick and the afflicted. No, he said the blind and specifically blind and lame. That was the ordinance. And so that's why verse 14 said, And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. That was the confirmation. Robert Standard is the great king. And the Lord Jackson said, Swear not by Jesus because it is the city of the great king. So I just showed you some of the mysteries that are in the scriptures that many have missed. And the Lord has, is the one that revealed this to me when I was waiting upon him. And that was why I'm pointing out in some of my summer. That, that was the proof. If any Jew is listening that is thinking Jesus is not their Messiah, you are making a mistake. That was the proper stamp proof that he is the great king. Jesus Christ said, swear not by, the, by Jerusalem because it's the city of the great king. But who is the great king? Not David. David was a prophet and a king, but he couldn't do what the priests do. Some of them were kings and some of them were only prophets, king and prophets, but never king, prophet and priest. When Usa tried to do that, he was smitten with leprosy. Go and look this history up. Usa was one of the kings of Israel, of Judah. And tried to make himself a priest and went and offered incense. And the priest in that time confronted him. And he was angry with them, thinking, I should be able to do it too. I'm close to God. And he was smitten with leprosy. By who? By God. Why? Because he disagreed with the, with the ordinance. He was not the great king. So that's why the spiritual work says, if Jesus Christ is the great king, let's send the blind and the lame. And he healed them means he took away, he took care of that. And that made him the great king. And you better believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And the one that is, that's why the Bible said, the Gentiles will seek him. The whole Gentile world are looking unto Jesus. Are they looking unto King David? No. Are they looking unto Isaiah the prophet? No. Are they the king looking unto Moses? No. Unto to Jesus. The prophecies have said they, unto him, the Gentiles will seek. So if you are a Jew that don't believe Jesus is your Messiah, you better think again. Listen to this. This is the proof that he is a great king and accept him. And you say, well, what am I going to do now? Just accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you renovate, change your heart, make you a new Christian in Christ Jesus because he's alive forever. He's coming, but that's why he leave that prince upon himself when he shall appear in the sky to save Israel in the final world war of Magadon. Those that are alive by that time that we see him, we notice that he has this no prince on the sand. That's how they recognize it. it is this same Jesus that the Gentiles have been preaching to them. And the old rabbi were confusing them that it's not their Messiah. He is the one that came from the sky to save them. The Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving mankind. He, he died on the cross for us to save us, to bring us in, choosing a bride, a gentle bride, which is the church for himself. And we are worshiping him. Praise to Jesus. Let's continue in this Gospel of John chapter 6. It's very strong and deep. 
But Apostle John was the only one that noted that immediately they, uh, they got into the ship, Jesus Christ came into the ship with them, the ship was immediately at the shore. A translation of the whole crowd of sheep and disciples, everybody at the shore. But the other disciples didn't notice that. Why? Because they were still carried away with the, oh, Peter, you walk upon the water. Oh, they were carried away with that. Or oh, they were carried away with the bread. That they just was why they were still excited talking about that and the wind blew them around and they couldn't handle the wind and then Peter walked on the water and they were set and another one happened. Translation. Everybody with the boat translated to the show. Only Apostle John noted it. Praise the Lord. So that's why we said, keep your eyes open. The Lord is doing great things. You know, even in our own time, the Lord is doing even what I'm preaching to you right now is something God is doing. You may not say, Who are you? Oh, well, I'm just a teacher preaching what the Lord has showed to me, like what I just pointed to you. In this story here, John chapter 6, and what I just pointed out to you in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 21, and the first Kings, and the first Samuel where David actually went, was told to David, those were things that the Lord Holy Ghost revealed directly to me as I waited upon the Lord, and I'm preaching it to the, to the believers, so that it makes you to be solidified that Jesus is the one, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man come unto the Father by me because it's God manifesting the flesh. That is how he, you see God revealed this his truth, his dismissories to his servants, the prophets, and make them teach it to his people. He said, My people perish for lack of knowledge. Is that knowledge that makes people to receive? You don't know this, you are not granted in the thing, then the devil threatens you, you think maybe Jesus is just one of the prophets. Maybe Jesus can is the only one of the ways. He's the only way. He is the only way, my friend. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That is, you get to that in the Gospel of John chapter 10. So this, this are rubber stamp proof that God said, this is my son that came from the bowel of the Father. So you do well to believe, brother and sister. Let's continue with Gospel of John chapter 6. Verse 22. Because it's not over yet. Now, the day following, Apostle John continue the story of this breaking of bread because it's not that's why i said many times people will be eyewitness they only notice something but the one that god is opening his eyes will notice some things also happening apostle john was telling us what happened with this breaking of bread that caused the crowd to want to make him king and he withdraw from them went to the mountain while they were all slumbering it's getting dark they waited and waited the logical didn't come down from the mountain so while they were slumming, they wanted to sleep over there and wait for him. He passed them and went to the ship and went on, uh, went into the onto the sea and walked across the sea and met the apostles. He saw them; they are still rowing the boat. So he walked and met them over there. And then this miracle happened. All they were translated by supernatural way to the shore of Capernaum. Now the second day, Apostle John continued the story. When the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one where into his disciples were entered, and that Jesus went not with his disciples into the boat, but that his disciples were gone away alone. Verse 20 says, Albeit there came other boats from Tiberias, nigh unto the place where they did eat bread, after that the Lord had given thanks. So they could have said, Well, maybe. Maybe he went through another boat, so they really didn't get that he walked upon it. The people that were waiting for him and slept or waiting for him when they saw the apostles have gone, Jesus Christ was still on the mountain and he waited and waited and waited until it's too dark. So they 
Apostle just put that one. The other boats came there, maybe they would have imagined that maybe that's how he he went and joined them, but uh, they didn't notice it. They didn't know it. They didn't know ever about the fact that he walked on the water either. So how be it, there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread after that the Lord had given thanks. Verse 24. I'm reading John chapter 6, I'm in verse 24 now. So when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum, seeking for Jesus. So they were now looking for Jesus because they wanted to make him king. Of course, the crowd would have been reduced. That's the rabble rousers, you know, those who really wanted this thing to happen. They were the ones that had fired up. They wanted to make him king. So they were the ones looking for him, looking for him. Maybe 50 people, maybe. Let's see, 5,000 were he fed. You know, I don't think the 5,000 people were coming, looking for him. Maybe out of them, 100, 20, 200 out of 5,000. Say, we need to do this. We need to, we must do this. And they are the rabble rousers, you know. So they found, they finally found him. And the Bible said, verse 24, verse 25. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, ah, Rabbi, when came out that? They were first surprised that you are already here. We are still waiting on the other side for you. We thought we saw you go to the mountain to pray. How did you get? Saying they wanted to find out you are already here. How did you get here before us? Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because you saw the miracles. But because he did eat of the loaves and were filled, it was just kind of chiding them. Like, what you are looking for is not the miracles that you saw that make you to be excited. You actually feel of bread. I multiplied the physical bread, and that's really what excited you more than the miracles. So I say, well, what's the difference between that? Is it the bread that excited you, or is it the miracle? So let's analyze that. You, if you see. If you see somebody multiply bread, let's stay on the bread. And he, if it's a, a single loaf of bread and he cuts it and he cuts it and he cuts it and he cuts it and multitudes, 5,000 were fed, and you get excited. Uh, is it the miracle that excites you that this man is, ex, is, a, is a power of God? Or the bread that multiply by you, I wish you can multiply rice. Oh, I wish you to multiply this. See, that will be you are only thinking of the physical food. But if the thing that caught our attention is that this is the power of God, we need that's really what Christ was trying to share them upon. That it's not the miracles that really excited you, it is the bread that you are more excited in. So the Lord continues, it's a labor not for the meat which perish it, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you for him as God the Father sealed. Don't say where well. you are you are you are think you are more concerned with the bread. You should be concerned more with the the meat that I'm going to give, which is the word of God. That's really what you mean by the meat. Say labor for that one. That is more important than the bread. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might walk the works of God? Now you see that's another thing that I have noticed in preaching the gospel. They said we want to walk the work of God. See now, because the Lord is telling them that they should be seeking more spiritual things, because that's what he just told them, labor for that meat that I will give to you. And they wanted to say, okay, well, yeah, we should be more, we should be seeking of spiritual things also. So what should we do? What shall we do to be more spiritual? That's really what they're asking here. What shall we do that we might walk the works of God? And I remember before I got in, I remember when you preach somebody, I preach to people in the in the 
in my place of work and they were convicted that yeah i've been far away from church so they felt that they need to be more religious but you see what we are preaching to them is not be more religious we are preaching to them come and accept jesus christ two different things but when people are convicted they sometimes lean towards the fact that they have been not as religious as they should be so they become more religious in their religion thinking that's how they are going to move closer to god but that's not the if they listen closely that's not the preaching of the gospel the gospel is not that you should move closer to your religion that say wash your hand wash your face go to the church every time that is rituals of men that people talk that was how they think they are pleasing god but god is saying be come to him is come to jesus christ let jesus christ give you the holy spirit that jesus christ fill your heart so not that but people always lean to being more religious so it's the same thing is what's happened to these jews or these people that are asking jesus after he told them that you should not be considering don't labor for the bread that i multiply that you fill your belly with labor for the meat i'm going to give you which is the word of god of course so they say yeah 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 we what shall we do that we might walk the walk of god we also want to walk the walk of god also and Jesus Christ answered them when we say, This is the work of God that ye believe on him whom he has sent. You see? Christ is saying, The work of God starts from you believing me as the Messiah. That's what he was telling them. Believe this him whom he has sent. Because Christ, Jesus Christ came to preach himself, to point people to himself. You know, all the all the preachers, all the prophets, all through from Moses were asking the Israelites. To come to God, come to God, serve God, worship God. I mean, they are all pointing to God of heaven, our Jehovah. Serve Him, do this. So that is all the some all the preaching, all the teaching, all along has been pointing to people to God. But Jesus Christ came and said, "I am He," calling them to Himself. So that will have been blasphemy if He is not God, also. After He left. He told the apostles to be pointing to Jesus. So every one of us are pointing people to Jesus. Every people, every preacher, all from that time have been pointing people to Jesus. So Jesus is God. So that is exactly what you see here. Christ said, This is the work of God that you believe in on him, Jesus, whom he has sent. So now they want to find out what you want us to believe about you. Verse 30. They said therefore unto him, What sign should thou then? Watch that we may see and believe thee. What does that word? They are trying to say, Well, what do you want us to believe about you? But he was trying to tell them that he, they have to believe that he is the Messiah so that they can begin to accept everything he says to follow his nostril. But they are not really sure what he meant by saying, Believe in me. So they, because that's what Christ said, he was pointing people to himself. He has to make them believe he is the messiah before he can even act not so if you say they say they want a messiah and they want a political messiah and he came as a messiah they said no we don't want this one that's not the one they are looking for if they have to accept him as the messiah and also now just tell us what to do we will follow you then he can do something for them whatever he wants to do whatever he ordained to do but they have not accepted the old nation have not accepted him as the messiah they were waiting for so that is why he was preaching himself in another place in the temple he said come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden he said as the scripture has said out of your breath shall flow rivers of living water if any man thirst let him come unto me and drink that was announcing himself in the temple that he is the one they have been waiting for some say hey he is the one some say no you can't be the one he is from god this man is from galilee 
Okay. So they, he has to be preaching himself first. So that's what he was saying. He was telling them, this is the work of God. You want to work for God? Start by believing he's the Messiah. That was what he was telling them. So they said, well, what sign do you show? What, what do you want us? What, what, what do you, what type of what? You are doing something. What do you want us to believe? So they are still confused what he mean by belief on him. And another one throw it under something in, you know, this is a crowd, you know. So this man may be the ones that say they don't have a, a, a speaker, a, a, spoke, a spoke person. So this man may say this, this one say that, why is this, and answering this one, this one throw another one in. So another person say, our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So he, that man was thinking of that bread. So Jesus has to address that in verse 32. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I said unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He, He, person, which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So the bread of God is He, which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. So now you, you say, well, the Lord Jesus Christ is still telling that the bread that they so he said, now let's talk about that. He said, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. People thought he's saying that it is not Moses that gave it to them. But he's saying this bread is not from was not from heaven. That's what Christ meant. This bread that Moses gave to you was not from heaven. He said, wait, wait a minute, it came from the uh, sky. Because people think anything from the sky is heaven, also in that generation. Now we now know that the clouds is what is in the sky. And then above there you have the the moon and the stars and all the other planets. Those are the that's called universe, you know, physical universe. But the Lord Jesus Christ came down from heaven, not the physical universe, the, the spiritual one, the spiritual one that envelops all everything. And that is why he said the bread that Moses gave is coming from the clouds. It's not from the spiritual heaven. He said the one that is the real bread that God, my Father, gave to you is me, Jesus. That came down from heaven from the spiritual universe from the spiritual universe to come and give life to men that's what he was saying he said moses gave you not that bread from heaven but my father gave you the true bread from heaven for the bread of god is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world which is jesus christ he said he is the bread that we are to eat that will give us life eternal life so the people that were called, the crowd that he was addressing, they were still not sure what was what was seen. So verse 34 said, Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. What bread do you think they are still talking about? They are still thinking of the bread that Moses gave to them. Whoa, if that manna can keep coming down, instead of stopping after 40 years, let's come down we have less labor. Excuse me. And people are still thinking of the bread that they reduce their labor so they don't need to work that hard to get bread. Not so. Now the Lord Jesus Christ was going to continue his revelation. He was trying to reveal something to them about himself in this discussion. Chapter 6 is what we are reading. And we are in verse 35. Well, they say, well, give us this bread evermore. When they say evermore means, we, we know the manna stopped 40 years after they were in the wilderness. But these people are saying, well, if you can just continue that, let the manna continue to flow. It will be nice for us. 
That's what he was. That man was whoever said he was saying, Evermore give us this bread. Now Christ was telling them that this is another bread that God has given to you. This is the real bread that we need. Himself is the bread. And here in verse 35, Christ started talking about that, that blow their mind away. Verse 35, and Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and that believeth on me shall never thirst. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But as he said, but I say unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Verse 38, for I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Now, the Lord was telling them that he came down from heaven. That was the first conf 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 conflict of mind that they will have. It's what they, you see their response in, in the next verse. Verse 39. And this is the Father's will which has sent me. Not I read this one. I can't talk about it. In the name of Jesus Christ. And this is the Father's will which has sent me. That of all which. You are a liar, Satan. You are a liar. I cast you out of my children and to the pit. You are bound. You are bound. And this is the Father's will which has sent me that of all which he has given me, I should lose nothing. But should raise it up again at the last day. And the Lord is now beginning to Lord tell us some mystery here that he was the one going to raise everybody up at the last day. Verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me. That everyone which hear the Son and believe it on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Now, verse 41 is where the confrontation continues. When the confrontation, they were, the people were confused, really, what we are conceding. So the Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is he then that he said, I came down from heaven? So they were now saying, We know he came from Galilee. You know his mother was. Mary and purported his father Joseph, the capital. How can he say he came down from heaven? Now, you know, he was talking about the spirit came down from heaven. But see, people are talking about they think he, he meant he came down from the sky, not like he was from Galilee. See, that's where they are getting their confusion. Because they were thinking their Messiah is going to come down from the sky, which is the second coming. But all the prophets that they were referring to didn't know themselves. They were just preaching things that were revealed to them. 
was it the first coming was it the second coming they didn't analyze it they didn't they didn't know so by the time of the days of Lord Jesus Christ the Jews were expecting a Messiah but they were not really sure whether the Messiah is going to come down from the sky because some of them when he was in Jerusalem one time they said the messiah we should the messiah shouldn't be somebody we know it should be somebody that will just appear and we don't know where it come from which means they were thinking it was going to come from the sky but that was only in the second coming also of christ but you see all of those prophecies were there before them so they have read the book of psalms the book of isaiah Zechariah, uh, moses so they were i had uh, some mention of all those manifestations of the messiah so that make them to think some people are holding the fact that he's going to come from the sky but what about when they say a child shall be born his government shall be so they don't know about this this child that is born whether it is the same person he's talking about when they say a virgin will give birth to a child that the Isaiah prophesied they didn't know whether that is still talking about the same person when they say somebody is going to be wounded for our transgression so they don't know whether that's talking about the same person that's why you see in the book of uh, Acts of Apostles, even that uh, eunuch of Ethiopian was reading the book of Isaiah that said, He was wounded for our transgression, he was blue for iniquities, the chastisement of our peace upon him, and with his right we were healed. That man had been following this Jewish clerics over the years. And say, Who is Apostle talking about here? Is he talking about himself? Or some other man? Because he said, well, That must be a suffering servant of God. A suffering servant. Let's see. Those are all what you call some highlights of the life of the Messiah. Highlights, some sections of it. But they, put, they couldn't put together except the Holy Spirit was the author can only put it together. And you only put it together after the time after it is done, it showed to the church, the body of Christ. That's how we are looking back, we can see they are all refined to the because Jesus Christ said that with the truth will be revealed to you by the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is the one that started revealing those things to the apostles. And they were teaching it and preaching to the Gentile church. So you can now see that in the days of Jesus Christ, the Jews then were blinded. We say blinded means they really don't know. They couldn't understand. Even the prophets that were recording them before the Lord came, themselves did not know how these things tied together. So by the time the Lord came, some say he must come from the sky, not this man from Galilee. So that's why the Quran says, Why others say, Well, this man is doing science and wonder, this must be him. See? So that they are confusion. So that verse 42 of John chapter 6 was saying, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? I see then that he said, I came down from heaven. They say, If the Lord is to be explaining this to them, they won't even believe it. Because he didn't come to come and make them believe. They have to believe by faith. Those that are following the Lord, they just accept it by faith. Apostle Peter said, Where else will we go? You have the word of life. They just not that they understood everything he was saying, but they just follow because they believe that you are the Messiah. That's how they just believe he's the Messiah. So if you believe, you are you are blessed. If you are doubting and confused following your father's religion, you may find yourself in trouble. But if you have open heart and, and humble, God can reveal this to you. That's one of the things that our humility is what makes Nicodemus come in John chapter 3 to ask and he became one of the disciples that followed Jesus Christ even when he when Christ was crucified he was one of them that came there to to pay the last rites praise the Lord I'm going to continue this in the next uh, I'm going to continue this in the next broadcast because this is a long chapter 
And I believe the Lord will give you more understanding as we continue in the next chapter.